Back at it again, part two of answering questions, common questions from an atheist. Let's go. Hey there, I'm Thomas. And I'm Sam. And this is the Silent Planet Podcast, where today I've made almost $600 from Dogecoin. <laughs> told you so, told you, not told you so to Sam, but, yeah. but to all the haters who said Dogecoin wasn't going to pay out, today's the day. Boy, I, man, I was just thrilled. And of course, death. by the time this thing airs, if, yeah, it's if, a they week took, off. <laughs> yeah, if they took our advice on it, they're like quickly opening their phone and seeing where Dogecoin is at, and it probably will be kind of back to where it was. I, I can almost, yeah, so we're what is today's date today is the the 29th mm-hmm. okay so that means by the time um you all are listening to it and, and pardon me for not having a calendar immediately open my uh smart doesn't actually have that capability well it does but not with several tabs away it will be the 5th of february okay okay at that point at that point i can almost guarantee you um if it has gone down i've taken all that money and thrown it right back into dogecoin yeah <laughs> so here's that for, for everybody who doesn't know here's the scoop on it so dogecoin over the summer uh, TikTok. It's a. It's kind of a social social media. Not really. It's like a video uh, platform. They just mm-hmm. people make you know between six seconds all the way up to a minute long videos. Get on whatever. there and dance or dancing uh, fail a huge fail moment. Somebody fell and somebody yep. had a video or, so or video games now. and all, all kinds yeah. of stuff. Pretty much whatever. But uh, there's there's so many users on TikTok right now um, that there's uh, uncountable like niche groups within tiktok that like so there's there's steak there's something actually called steak tiktok it's literally people that just cook steaks all kinds of different ways and prepare them and 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 the way they're (laughs) is it the presentation because they're short videos so here is the steak it would be too long to do like the prep work and this is how we make they'll they'll do it real quick it's like little uh it's like Like speed the video half a second to one second clips of them saying Add in this much garlic, and then it cuts over, and then then you're going to turn your pan really hot, and then it's going to cut over, and be like, then you're going to render the fat, and like all this stuff. So they just do it in, in speed time, but give you all the instructions. Right, it's really cool. I see. I but see. the way the TikTok algorithm works, see, is is basically um, whatever you spend the most time watching on your your feed. It's called your for you page. Whatever you spend that most time watching, it remembers that and then sends videos based off of what your interests are. And those interests are based off of um, the length of the video, who's making it, and then what those hashtags at the bottom are to kind of classify the videos into these different subcategories. Yeah, mine, of course, always martial arts stuff. Yeah. Well, it just so happens that uh, for a little while, I was really into lo- trying to learn about, you know, uh, the stock market, cryptocurrencies, things like that. Well, I came across this video um, midway through 2020 that was talking about Dogecoin, and I had no idea what it was. Um, but apparently, uh, I, I did my research, and it's a meme. It's a fake. It's not even, it's just a joke. It's a cryptocurrency. I think there's 100 billion Dogecoins in circulation right now. It's not supposed to be worth nothing like anything at all okay and so these people started no cryptocurrency is actually based on anything of value it only has value because people decide it's valuable and so therefore we'll put real money there's definitely more to it than that but unfortunately i'm not educated enough to to tell you i can't figure it out (laughs) i I know that there's some with with actual bitcoin there's like a string of uh it's like an algorithm and these string of of 
really complex equations and stuff like that that it's solving, but I don't understand the full aspect of it, which is completely beside the point. Mm -hmm. But the whole point is I, I saw maybe six or seven videos pop up that people were talking about it, and so I did my research, and then I went back and watched some of these videos on TikTok about it, and they were like, hey, if we all put in, you know, 25 bucks, we can pump it up and, and make it worth something. Well, I, I started watching the, the stock go from um, like 0.2 cents, not even a full cent, 0.2 cents, and it went up to 0.25 cents. Then it went to 0.3 cents, then it dropped down to 0.25. And so I was like, well, you know, it's a joke and 50 mm. bucks is 50 bucks. Yeah. So I chucked $50 into it and then I called Sam uh, and I, I told you to, mm -hmm. which you and, and Mary both did. Um, well, because of uh, if you all have been paying attention to the stock market with all the uh, the hedge fund managers and stuff like that getting screwed out of the uh, GameStop short and all that stuff, um, somehow that's linked into to Dogecoin. Dogecoin has jumped up from being worth uh, basically nothing all the way up to like, uh, I think they were at six cents last night. Mm -hmm. Six cents. That's unheard of. Unheard of. So it, it, it was it was not even six percent. Like if you took a penny. Mm -hmm. And divided it into hundredths, right? Not even six per zero point. <laughs> what would that be in actual cash? Point zero 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 six. Something I guess. Like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not uh, a percentage guy. of a penny. Six percent of a penny. Uh, it wasn't even worth that much. Yeah, and it's now six cents. I think it was worth. No, it was worth. Uh, a fifth of a penny. One fifth of a penny. Yeah. Is what it started off the summer at. Okay. And, and as of right now, it's worth six cents. Well, that's this morning, uh, which I was talking. To, <laughs> that's the thing. I was sitting on my couch talking to Sam, and he's like, yeah, we pulled out last night. I was like, maybe I should. Well, we I, pulled some out. We pulled $300 out. This It was up to 900 something, though. Yeah. From, right? the, from when, the original when, 100 when, you all put when, in. Uh, uh, Mary shook me awake because I'd already <laughs> fallen asleep, shook me awake and said, oh my gosh, look at this. Um, it was up to $900. And I said, sell right now, <laughs> right now. You're never, ever going to see it this yeah. high again. This is it. It's happening right now. And that it's all related to this, this game stock thing, which is going to game, game stop stock. Stock. So the game stops stock. Yes. It's a tongue twister if you try I, hard I'm enough. I'm going to mess that up the more <laughs> you make me say it. Uh, yeah. It, it's it's related to all of that. So um, somehow, if, well, it may not be related to all well, that. Maybe it's, there, it's Some something people are saying it's not at all. There's no correlation. However. I don't see how it could be that high otherwise. Explain to me then. Yeah. yeah. Ex explain to me how on the same day you've got these yeah. AMC and GameStop and, and what a uh, Nokia, like all skyrocketing because of this thing. And then also Dogecoin goes up 1,200%. Right. Yeah. Explain that to me. Yeah. I, I know they're not the same. I know it's not like... It's not on the list of the ones they suggested, hey, everybody, this is how we're going to stick it to the hedge fund guys yeah. by doing all of these, you know, the AMC and, you know, there was, there was a short list. Yeah. And I doubt... Dogecoin was no, on I don't that think list. It was a part of that, but but once but again, somehow it's it did make the list. And you're you're talking once again. This is an absolute joke of a currency, worthless currency that now is six cents per coin. Right. I explain. I don't know. Yeah. So, anyways, all Where that to 50, say, fifty bucks was at a nine hundred dollar payout. Yeah. Oh no, a hundred for for you all, right? 
Well, I, that I'm not sure about. It, if, Maybe it was it, 50. Yeah, it might have just been 50. Yeah, that no, we put it was. I think it was just 50. But nonetheless, that that's even if it was 100, <laughs> you know, it's still right. 900 now um, to cash in. And eventually, this this whole thing um, with them trying to stick it to the hedge fund managers. How long can they keep that going? Right. That. That that's news right now as we're talking, yeah. Because it just happened yesterday, right? Will they even be able to pull off keeping that that same momentum going today? Right. Well, we'll, we'll have I'm that. I'm uh, doubting it. We will have that discussion here in a few days, probably. Yeah, yeah. We will all, know. We'll we'll know by the end of today. All, all that to say, my Dogecoin being gone means absolutely nothing because that all of that money once Dogecoin drops back down to you know, whatever point, point three, point four, point eight cents, whatever it's going to be, I'm going to dump all that money back into it. Throw all that like, uh, yeah, 700, almost $800. Yeah. Right back into Doge. I am. Way. That's I, I owned, uh, at the, at the time owned about uh, 12,700. Yeah. It's 12,795 Doge coins, which is like I said, completely worthless or well, I guess worth about 50 bucks, but yeah. Come this Friday, so I guess the day you all are listening to this, I will I will have maybe a hundred thousand Dogecoin. If and that's only if it drops down again, if yeah. the prices drop again. I don't see how but, I couldn't. Yeah, it I'm, seems, I'm gonna. It seems to me just too far fetched to believe. See, here's what's going to happen: is the uh, they want to stick it to the hedge fund managers who have who have uh, betted against essentially what they what. It's supposed to be a checks and balances for the stock market, right? Mm. So somebody who knows, and these hedge fund managers are the people who know, that's what they do. They watch this stuff, right? And they see, okay, they're saying that um, uh, GameStop and AMC and some of these other businesses that have like are practically bankrupt right now, may have even declared bankruptcy, um, that they're saying the stock is worth x amount of money right yeah. so much and they're looking at it and they're going i'm sorry no it's not it's that it shouldn't be that high so they short sell they mm-hmm. essentially say we're willing to bet that this thing is gonna actually balance itself out at much less than the stock market is saying it's worth right now because in reality it's not worth that much and they're betting against that system and by doing so it kind of writes itself Right, and they make money when they're correct about that. Right? Which is which is really screwed up because it, depending on who they talk to, which I, I know there's laws and, and legal things like they're not allowed to do, and they can't manipulate the market. But to a sense, they, they can though. Yeah. When they say anything, if one of them tweets something out, if enough, if enough people know that that guy is is uh, part of that, you know what I mean? And he says, "Yeah, this this company's not doing so well. I, I expect it's going to fail." Like a lot of people are going to start selling. Right, and if they sell, the price of the stock goes down. It's uh, it's it's very interesting. Once again, I don't know, I don't know enough about stocks to that we could dedicate a whole episode right, to right. it. But I, I know that I know that I'm happy walking away with what I did, and I'm hoping, I really hope it drops down again so I can throw yeah. it all back in there because well, it the, seems it seems about Elon Musk. That's the thing. That's another thing. Elon Musk keeps on tweeting out how Dogecoin is the future. It, he's not saying it like blatantly, but he keeps on putting up memes and jokes yeah. and every time he does you see a little bit of a boost you know yeah so when it comes down and balances out it'll probably balance out at something higher than it was hopefully but i don't know that it, you know we're still talking about percentages of a penny 
I think. Now, now if this all so, blows back in my face and it just keeps going up and up and up, there's no way I'm going to put back in. So, uh, by the like once again, by the time you hear this, either I'll have a few hundred thousand Doge coins or I'll have a new guitar. I haven't decided. <laughs> it's gonna be one or the other. So, yeah, you take that and you run. Uh, the 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 system works um, because ultimately when I, these you know people get together and they decide they're going to stick it to the hedge fund guys and say, hey, let's all pour money into these failing businesses that they've bet against mm -hmm. so that they have to pay the difference of what they said it was going to end at as opposed to what it actually ends at. And, and so when they increase the value, <laughs> they have to pay that difference. So, yeah, now they're looking at a bill, but uh, how long can you keep that up? Because the hedge fund guy just goes, he goes and gets a loan, right? He pays whatever he needs to pay, but he continues to short sell on that stock. Right. And then when the people who are trying to keep it high, when their steam runs out or their money runs out or whatever, this joke runs its course as long as a joke could run. And people aren't going to continue to vet, invest money in these companies that are failing right. just because. Um at that point, it will drop. It will drop significantly. It will go down to where they thought it would in the first place, and then they'll make their money. And when right. they make their money, they'll just pay back whatever loan they took out. And uh, you know, it'll just all it's doing is delaying that process. The, the inevitable, right? Uh, what, what I'm, yeah. and they'll make more. They'll as much as they've lost, they'll make back because yeah. that's how much I, it will drop. I really hope that what whatever this is, whatever sparked them to do this on Reddit, I, I hope that it continues. And I hope that it gains traction and becomes a, a standard. Not not saying I want to completely overturn Wall Street and, and and you know our economy and all that stuff. I'm not I'm not a um, what is that called? I'm not an anarchist. There it is. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. not an anarchist. I, I do I do like having a government. I love capitalism. I think that America is a great country. Um, however, I, I would like to see some people that are are um, greedily manipulating the system clearly doing so and 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 so because that's i think that's one of the one of the bigger issues which we haven't said yet um with this whole thing is right when all that happened when when they were making money um or when they were boosting up the stocks reddit did uh robin hood which is a an investment app on your phone um they canceled all transact or possible purchases mm -hmm. for gamestop and a couple of these other um other stocks and uh, then giving you only the option to sell yeah yeah which is that's crooked is well, what it is. Well, yeah, it, the stock market itself has a shutdown function when something really strange happens and all of a sudden it usually when it drops, all of a sudden it just bottoms out, it will shut down so that no one can do anything, buy or sell, right? That that happens sometimes. Um, but the idea that a private-owned company can kind of sort of do the same thing and they didn't do the same thing because they still allowed people to sell. They just wouldn't mm -hmm. allow them to buy. That's yeah. going to come back and bite them in the butt. So I hope you, it does. If you have stock <laughs> really in, do. if you have stock in Robinhood, you may want to drop that right now because they're they're probably going to be paying some lawsuits. Yeah. On this. Well, and that's the thing is is from what I, and this once again we're we're just the day after, so I don't have all the facts on this, but from what I understood, people were able to go around Robinhood into different sources and continue to purchase. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> that's that's. That's the thing is, is like, I think Robinhood is a good app for the layman, like somebody who doesn't really know much about investing, 
for them to kind of dabble in. Like like myself, I saw a Dogecoin on there and I was able to buy it. Right. But I, I don't know the inner workings. I, I don't know the name of any other sites that I could go around. What other than like I think Acorns, which is that's a different type of thing altogether. Um, so anyways, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of screwed up, you know, and I feel like there's a lot of people that are going to be pain and suffering because of this, like financially speaking, whatever. But, um, into our, our, our questions for today, if God is real, why would he allow that kind of pain and suffering? All is the it? suffering of the people that lost money <laughs> on the Dogecoin train. <laughs> that was a hard plug. Yeah, yeah. I was trying my best to like make it a seamless transition. Yeah, a seamless it didn't work transition. Out. And yeah, all that, <laughs> to say, there's not as much pain going on here. Yeah. I, I suppose more pain would be in the hedge fund managers, which who at least <laughs> on the front end, yeah, they're going to have to pay that difference. But if they hold to their guns and continue to short sell on that stock, it will drop. It will drop dramatically. They will make just as much, if not more, yeah. when it does. But, yes, on the front end, it's like $7 billion. The funny part is they made a, a GameStop um, higher than Tesla. Yeah. Now, that's kind of funny. Well, and I think uh, what it was like a year ago, they were only like $10 or yeah. so. Now it's like over 300 <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Which it was is higher than Tesla. The GameStop. So, okay, that, that is funny for what it is, but um, but there's no sustaining that, right? That's, that's not long-term. That's going to crash pretty soon. Um, if it doesn't even happen today and in the end they're, they're going to get that money back if they just hang on long enough, you know, it's who can hang on longer. And I have a feeling the hedge fund guys are going to hang on longer because this is what they do. Right. As opposed to some people that are just like, Hey, let's get them. <laughs> well, you did. <laughs> you toilet papered their house real good, but you know, they're going to come back and they're going to clean up and yeah, they can afford a fancy pressure. Well, that's washer, right. So. Exactly. So yeah, to our, uh, to our episode today, once again, we will be answering questions, um, that are, they're kind of common for, for atheists that and all of these, uh, actually, except for one, one of these, I haven't heard we, we're doing, I think we're doing three. We might have time for another if one. If we get to three, maybe yeah. the first one we do, we, we stick to cause it takes the whole time. We don't know how long it'll take to unpack this right. stuff. But um, there, there is one that um, that I had not heard. Uh, well, I'll, I'll save that. I'll save that. But yeah, because we may not get to that anyway. This is you can you can do as uh, as anybody who is wanting to deepen their knowledge in Christianity and, and find some of these harder questions to maybe build up more of a defense. You can just Google atheistic questions or qu- yeah. questions from an atheist. You'll find a lot of uh, interesting stuff. Um, but w- one thing that I'm not. Um, I'm You'll not, find a lot of crap, too. You will find a bunch of crap. And that's the thing I was saying. I'm not very uh, or particularly impressed. Believe it or not, it's actually taken a lot longer um, and more research than I thought it would to actually find questions suitable for the episode because most of them are just stupid questions. Yeah. Something along the lines of, if God came down and asked you to kill your mother, would you do it? And it's like, illogical, because he yeah, wouldn't. Yeah. yeah, it's you know, it's the straw man stuff. It's it's just silly things. So, yeah. anyways, um, big bigger questions that are more common. Um, the first one here we've got: If God is real, why is there pain? Why is there suffering? Why is there children with cancer? Why do the innocent uh, hurt so bad? And and I think that's a that's a, a reasonable question if you don't come from a, a a background of faith. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, so the the trilemma here, or the the problem of pain, um, one of the biggest and most obviously pressing problems with this question. It's a good question, but but one of the problems with this question, um, first off, is that it is a first world question. 
Mm-hmm. This is a question that is always raised by somebody who is not in the position of what they're talking about. What about the kids with X, know, y, and the Z. X, Y, and Z or the people that are dying over in, and they name some other country, right? Um, often when you come to the people that are actually in pain, that's not the question they ask here. It's not an issue of whether God exists or not. Uh, a lot of the time, pain brings with it, real pain, real suffering brings with it um, the, the uh, sense that you have some sort of comfort in the knowledge that God cares about you mm-hmm. in your suffering, right? So it's usually the, the very person that they think they're advocating for wouldn't ask that question. That, that wouldn't come to their mind. When they're in pain, they're too busy crying out to God for relief of that pain or for him to come to their aid or just for him to show up, mm-hmm. right? That's that right. that that sense of uh, um, the questions that Job had, ultimately, um, it's just that God arrives. It's not that he answers his question, because when God <clears throat> does, does arrive— to uh to kind of call Job to task on his questioning God in the first place, he issues all these other questions. And the end result of that is Job's realization that it's not an intellectual problem. It's a relational one. And so when people reach a point of suffering and pain, what they need ultimately is the presence of God to be real and the relationship to be there. It's, it's not an intellectual process that they go through. But in the first world where you're actually not suffering, you looked at that and it becomes an intellectual problem. Yeah. Right? You so, quickly, quickly yeah, Google. We can still deal with it as an intellectual problem, but let's face one very, very clear observation on this. The only people that raise this as a problem are people who aren't in pain. Yeah. They, right? they will, they'll whip out the... Uh, $1,500 iPhone XL and quickly Google search how many children die from cancer every year right. to just keep on reinforcing their, their direct anger towards God rather than, um, rather than looking at their own, their own privileged state and realize exactly, that you're, yeah. you're not really in a position to raise that question. According to your but, bank account. Yeah. And even know, if it is, is this your experience you're talking about, no, it's never their experience. Well, even if it is like, uh, you know, what, uh, Fifteen dollars in the bank account. They're still holding on to a pretty decent phone. They're college student. Like they, yeah. they, they eat every day. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're not picking their own strawberries, right? Or or, or picking garbage out of the water they're about right. to drink. Yeah, which is a, a common thing in in some countries. So yeah, um, I, I've always looked at this. Um, it's not necessarily that there are evil things. Um, the, the way I've always kind of looked at it is more of like a, a, a scale, so to speak, um, or, or maybe like a spectrum of if, if there is God, then there isn't evil. And if there is no God, then there is evil. Evil is, in my opinion, just kind of a word we use to describe what, uh, I guess, what consequences are. Or, mm-hmm. or what what pain and suffering is, is is just the absence of God. Because when there is is God, and when, when you are in a state of perfection, there is no pain and there is no suffering. And isn't that ultimately is the end goal is to get to a place where we are perfected in the image of God. Um, but it's as of right now, there is so much lack of God. Then we we just have, you know, well, like I said, lack of God. It's the same as if you go into a dark room and turn the light on. The light 
will eat out and blot out the darkness. But if there's um, more dark than there is no God, that means right. there's an absence of God. So there we have evil. Yeah, that's the, my basic layman's terms. Um, uneducated person who's not been to seminary explanation. Yeah, and well, even before you get into um, um, all of the the seminary theodicy and you know some of the big terms um, as it deals with this problem, because philosophers within Christian thought have dealt with this, you know, throughout all time. So it's not a it's not a new question, yeah. right? So we have good solid answers from other apologists, and I'll bring them up in the in, in the process of this. But um, um, just on on surface level too, you have the question when you're talking about evil and who you're talking to, right? If we take someone who's coming from an atheistic mindset, when they say evil, they probably are thinking in terms of pain and suffering which is definitely within the category of evil, right? Yeah. That's one of the things we can look at and we can recognize pain, suffering, bad, right? And right. we can all kind of agree on that. Our experience of pain is always bad. We don't come out in a favorable sense because we've, you know, hurt ourselves. Whether it's something as simple as this happened last night. <laughs> this has happened twice uh, in, in just this last week in, in my martial arts class. But the way it occurred last night was um, do this game with the kids where I, I, I have this kind of weighted. It's only weighted because I took a T-shirt. I, I wrapped it around uh, uh, like a, a, a shirt hanger mm-hmm. metal thing right but wrapped an old t-shirt around it and then took uh duct duct tape and taped that all up in this little circle to make a weight mm-hmm. and i've got it on the end of a rope and i'll swing that around my head and then come down at their feet and they have to jump and pull their feet up or they'll get tangled by that it'll wrap around their foot and i'll i'll tie them up like batman Right. In fact, I refer to it as we're going fishing now and I'm fishing for kids. Right. And I'll, you know, I, yeah, I'll rope them around the foot. If they don't jump high enough, man, it will take their feet right out yeah. from under them and whack. Is that and we rope, all uh, is, ha ha ha. And we're laughing at it. You is, know, that, is that rope stored in your, your van with no windows? Yeah. You creep. <laughs> no, no, it's in a kidding. drawer in my karate. And it's funny too. They'll run over there and get it. Yeah. I'm like, let's yeah, yeah. do the rope. And they, boom, one of them will run over inevitably and open that drawer and pull it out for me because they love doing this right yeah. as a game jumping jumping this this is like in very very end of class when we've got some free time to work with so um but uh, the rope as i've had this for a while of course has some kinks and knots in it and and while i was uh just picking it up it one of the knots hit right on my pinky fingernail right at the spot where the nail and the the uh what I guess you would call the bottom of the nail, where it intersects with the actual finger itself. The cuticle. Yeah, the cuticle part. Just by touching that, you can you, you can feel there's a nerve exposed there, right? Mm. So so when it when it hit that, and I say hit, and I, I mean very very light hit. I mean like a a brush. I mean like a tap. I mean like a little a little ding. You're so soft. Right? It's a very very Why soft. Very, very soft ping. <laughs> this is weird. Was, was responded. <laughs> just this little rope, bing, uh-huh. on that. Was responded with, ah! <laughs> this amount of pain running through my hand and then up my arm, right? Something so stupid caused so much pain. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Something so dumb 
was nothing but pain in that second. I'm like, this is so stupid that I, you I'm can surprised. just just flick that little spot on your finger, <laughs> and and you are in for some. So we all recognize pain bad. I, I'm surprised right? that you're not questioning the existence of God right now. In that moment, I was like, <laughs> how can God exist because a rope just hit me right where my my in my my cubicle here Cub- <laughs> cuticle <laughs> cuticle here hit me in the cubicle <laughs> where I work. <laughs> it, it it hit just in that right spot, right to 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 set me off yeah. or to buckle my arm. Arm, so yeah, to speak, yeah, yeah. right? Just searing pain. So that we we can recognize pain and suffering and and see that in the category of evil, right? But for a non-atheist, someone who not necessarily even Christian, but somebody who believes in a a moral law, then that idea of evil also ex- starts to extend to ideas of thought as well, and and I uh, philosophies thought ideas themselves um regardless of the action that they lead to the thought can be evil even Mm. if it doesn't necessarily lead to action when you come from a christian worldview it it expands itself even more because evil is that which is not holy so evil can just simply be the absence of holiness and there's the idea that you know how in your daily life can you just simply be at every moment concentrating, meditating, and actively pursuing holiness? We don't, mm-hmm. right? Ultimately, there's moments, even if you're just sitting there watching TV, not even really paying attention, you're in what they call, uh, if you're a dude, you're in what we call the nothing box, Yeah. right? And I, yeah, I just assumed a gender there. Because only oh, guys man. do this. How dare you? Women don't really do this. Women, women's minds are always at work somehow. But guys actually have a nothing box. We can go into it, and and when you know your wife or girlfriend asks you, "So what you thinking about?" and you're like, "Nothing." It's a great impression. You know, and, and and they're like, "So he never, he won't ever tell me what he's thinking." But no, we actually are thinking about nothing. Yeah. Right. We can do that. Yeah. We and and in fact, a lot of guys. Do that for most of the day. <laughs> we spend most of our day in our nothing yeah. box. I, I always catch myself when, whenever I can actually feel my eyes start to drift apart like yeah, wall yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where one's kind of looking at the wall and the other one's kind of looking at the floor and I realize that I look like a lunatic. <laughs> Who's that, that guy? I like snap out. Who's that guy in all of the Adam Sandler movies? And uh, he's got the eyes going separate directions. He's in like the, uh, uh, the, the Mr. Deeds one. And he crashes the Porsche that he buys him at the end. Um, um, what's his name? Oh yeah, uh, Steve Buscemi. Yeah, yeah Buscemi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you start to feel your eyes doing like his. And then you know. Then you're in your nothing yeah, box. You're, you're <laughs> so yeah. so. Anytime you're not pursuing holiness from a Christian worldview, even that's evil, right? Now it's not evil on the same scale as like pain, suffering, and pursuing the acts that cause pain and suffering. Right. But even, guys, when we go into our nothing box, we're we're not pursuing holiness. We're not pursuing God in that moment. Which calls and back to the spectrum I'm talking yeah, about. When yeah, yeah. you have an absence of God, between, it's just what we call evil. Right. And that spectrum, the worse it gets, the worse we, we perceive it, obviously. Right. You can't—you and I can both, like, definitively agree— 
sitting there staring at the wall and not being productive or thinking about God is not anywhere near as bad uh, in, today, in, in the world as, as beating a kid or, right. or some kid dying of yeah. cancer. Uh, of, of a blatant, malicious evil. Right. Like, yeah, we see that and we recognize that as evil. But an atheist wouldn't necessarily think in terms of, yeah, dude just kind of sitting there staring at the wall in his nothing box. There's nothing wrong with that. There's yeah. nothing evil about that. How, well, a Christian would say, yeah, it's it's not bad like, okay, golly, you're going to hell and all this, you know, uh, fire and brimstone-y, but, but it's not pursuing holiness. We recognize that that's what we're actually designed for and called to do right. is to pursue holiness at all times, and we fall short of that. Right. So when we, when we say all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, we don't mean that every person out there has been as wicked and evil and malicious as, as they can. We mean at some point in your day, you go into your nothing box, and even that is falling short of the glory of God. And that, that's on like falling the, short of on, the holiness. our best days. Right. That's on our best days because yeah. mo- most days we're we're all kind of screwing up a little bit worse than that. Yeah. To, to be yeah, honest, yeah. we we kind of. If are. the worst thing you do is go into your nothing box, actually, good on you. Yeah. You know that's doing pretty good. But and there there and from a from an atheistic point of view though, the nothing box can be uh, eventually lead to a very bad thing too because you I mean you sit on the couch every single day for too long in this nothing box. Eventually, you become a lazy person or you're, you know, just being non-productive or unproductive, sorry, non-productive, whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter. Anyway, well, it, it I, I don't know. An atheist like may not say just being lazy as long as, you know, there's not something you need to be doing right then in that moment, right? If, if you're uh, uh, somehow not doing what you're expected to do mm-hmm. or required to do. That's what I you, I'm If you got a job or an employer, they expect you to be there. You are failing in the contract you have with that person if you're just simply because of laziness not going to work. Yeah. But if you come home from work and it's your time, you can be lazy on your time. To an atheist, that wouldn't be in any, I don't think that would make their spectrum of what they would call evil at all. Right. Well, and then but for again, a Christian, it would. We have a higher standard there. And once again, we go back to this, like what is the definition of evil? Depending, it's, and it's relative to whoever you're, you're talking to. I would say for most Christians, it should be the spectrum and scale. It's like not necessarily that I'm calling staring at the wall evil, mm-hmm. but it's in the direction. It's in that, it's not towards God. It's in that direction. Right, right. It's, it's you know, you're not going forward, you're going backwards. Well, I bring all, I bring all that up just to point out that you're using something evil as a proof of the non-existence of God. Mm-hmm. But the people who believe in God's existence have a much, much higher expectation on what holiness is and therefore will find much more evil than the atheist will. Because to an atheist, nothing boxes completely, uh, it, it doesn't have any moral value one way or the other, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but to a Christian, a nothing box falls in the evil spectrum, right? Not to the degree that malicious evil does, but we, but we have a more thorough and engrossing and encompassing view of what evil is. Yet to an atheist, they're saying, well, yeah, but Christians, um, um, evil's a problem for you guys. No, actually, it's not. We see more of it than you do. Right. Right? So, again, we've got a problem. It's a first-world problem 
first off, to an atheist. And secondly, that when they raise that as an objection, they don't even understand how much more of a theology and a doctrine and an understanding a Christian will have of evil than they do. Mm -hmm. Because all they're willing to call evil is when you step into the realm of active, malicious intent and action, right? They probably, even when it's thought, wouldn't necessarily care as long as you don't act on that. If you have a passing thought that could be considered evil, as long as you don't do anything with it, then they would say, again, that's, you know, it doesn't have any, any. it's not evil at that mm. point because you didn't do anything. Well, to a Christian, it would be. The yeah. thought itself has a value to it, right? So, so we put in a lot more um, value in this process of, of um, because holiness is so important. Holiness is not an issue for an atheist, Mm-hmm. They could care less, right? right? That's that's not that's not on the on on their uh, priority list. That doesn't make it on there at all. That's that's in the nothing box for them. But for us, it is the t- it should be number one on our priority list is to live holy and holiness. So um, that's another observation in this process. You know, as we consider when they raise the objection of the problem of evil, the problem of pain, right? So uh, moving moving from that and, and looking specifically at some some of the other uh, issues with this um, question itself is um, or as we get into the theodicies or or what they would call like the proofs of God's existence in this process, um, you've got uh, someone named Planiga. Albert Planiga is um, um, fairly modern apologist and um, one of his as he answers his questions he'll say that uh, God and evil they can coexist if God has a morally sufficient reason for allowing evil Planiga suggests God's morality God's morality um, and and reason he has sufficient reason um, might have something to do with humans being granted a morally significant free will, right? So, and essentially what he's saying is um, his his morally sufficient reason for allowing evil is that he is allowing free will. Free will and to have free will is greater than to make evil impossible. Yeah. Right? So, you know, and, and there's some, some truth to that. If, if God's really going to completely shut off evil, Right, he's not just going to do as the atheist would want him to do, and that's to get rid of all malicious and obvious pain and suffering. To to that per- whatever that means right. to that person, if, to that person, yeah, he's going to fix all pain and suffering. Right? Okay. Well, that would we would say that's a good thing. Well, for God, it wouldn't stop there. Mm-hmm. Right? It would go on to also all thoughts. You wouldn't have the freedom to have an evil thought. And beyond that, you know, even the ability to not have a thought to go into your nothing box would be off limits. If God's really going to put an end to evil, he's going to have to pull the strings such that we all really are just simply robots. Robots. Yeah. Puppets. We're just puppets at that point. And what's the whole point then? Right. And then you can't have a relationship. How are you going to have a relationship with you, your creation, when you can't if you have simply have to yeah. pull the strings on everything, that's not a relationship, you know? 
uh, doesn't work that way. So it's like um, giving giving the entire population a, a frontal lobotomy or right, whatever right. just to wander around, you know. But, if if God turns well, all of us exactly, into but, His toys and then we're just His toys, His playthings. Well, you can't really have a relationship with your toys, even if you really like your toys. Yeah. Even if you like playing with your toys and you create these whole adventures and you give them names and whatever, ultimately you're pulling the strings. That toy does what you make it do. It can't not it cannot respond in kind and say whether or not it likes what you are making it do. There's no relationship there, right? So, for God to ultimately get rid of all evil in the form of pain and suffering, the atheist would want him to stop there, but God's not going to. I mean, if he's really going to get rid of evil, he's also going to get rid of the potential of evil thought, and he's going to get rid of the potential of even not having any thought at all, of going in your nothing box. He's going to have to pull the strings everywhere Mm -hmm. to every person at every time in order to really sufficiently um, deal with the problem of evil. If he allows us any free will, if he allows any moment where he's not going to pull the strings and allow the toy to do whatever it wants to do, he's allowing for the potential for that toy to do something that he would not have it do, that he would not like for it to do. That toy might very well turn around and attack another toy, which is what's happened essentially. He's allowed us some free will so that we can actually have a relationship with him and have some free choice. And in so doing, some of the toys, some of the created beings, us, have turned around and attacked the other ones, right? That's how that works. Yeah. Um, You get malicious and ultimate uh, evil comes, you know, just from the thought initially. (laughs) So so God has to rewire, rewire a lot more in order to really answer the atheist question. Which, which would be, I mean, which would be very de- detrimental to, to society as it is right now anyways, because we're all being stripped of our freedoms. I mean, that's arguably more evil in general than, um, well, that's that's a hard one. Well, if you, if you no, could really... That's a very difficult one. I have, have all of your, have everybody's freedom stripped away to mm-hmm. where they are just robotic in exchange for children not having cancer ever again. And it's, well, in exchange for what could be considered paradise. No one would ever hurt anyone again. Yeah. No one would ever have a thought that was non, not holy. We would all be pursuing holiness and not just pursuing it like kind of phoning it in. I mean, like we would perso- pursuing it sold out yeah. with the full capacity of your intellect, creativity, everything you can do, but God pulling the strings the whole time, right? Yeah. Um, the, the, That's actually more narcissistic than people call him. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you if you think about it, like if he was, well, he has a right that. to be. He made it all. Yeah, no, no. So I, I'm to just make saying, it for his glory, that's the whole point. You yeah, know? No, no. I, I'm just. You get what I'm saying. I'm it's not, narcissistic when we do it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's the the honor and glory that's owed him. Yeah. Right. And and we're instead wanting that honor and glory, and that's where we get that idea of narcissism. The, the created that's trying to take the place of God instead, right? Uh, which is the first sin anyway, is that, you know, when they, when, when, um, they uh, decided to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it was so that you will be like God. That was the selling point mm-hmm. of the whole thing. 
They wanted to kind of kick God off the throne and be morally autonomous, yeah. right? And atheists want to do the same thing. But at the same time, they, they want to kick God off the throne, say God doesn't exist so that we can be morally autonomous. The problem is they lose their ability to even have moral language. We understand what good and evil is, what pain and suffering is, but they lose the ability to actually call that which creates pain and suffering evil because they don't have a basis for evil and good anymore. So let's unpack that a little bit because I, I just made a pretty uh, big statement to someone who might be atheist listening going, what? No, that doesn't work that way. We can still have an idea of good and evil because, because I don't believe God exists doesn't mean that I don't understand what good and evil are. Well, yeah, you understand it because we all have the image of God placed in us. But ultimately, evil and good, we, we understand these by contrast and comparison, right? So if, if we say uh, evil is uh, constant and rampant and everywhere, and you use the example of the child with cancer, which is definitely evil, that's terrible, right? That's an awful situation. Right. But that is evil and awful, and we recognize that by comparison because um, most kids— don't have cancer, right? Most kids grow up in what we would call normal and healthy, and we see that, and we see that's good, and that's how it should be. It should be normal and healthy. So this one kid who doesn't have that, we look at that and we say that's evil, that's wrong, because he they should have that which is normal and healthy for everybody else. They should have that which is good, mm-hmm. and we can see the difference there, right? We do it by comparison. If you take a world where every child had cancer, and it was just a given, they're all gonna they're all gonna be in that same evil state, and we didn't have the comparison of the normal and the good, we wouldn't know what evil is. That's all we would know. Mm-hmm. All we would know is cancer. Cancer just is. Yeah. Right. It is how things are. Right. So here's how this this the problem with all of this, or or how the theodicy the the explanation goes, is that. You want to say, um, or the atheist wants to say, if God exists, why is there evil, right? But then you have the, the, the idea that, that evil, if, if it's evil, then what is good? We know those two by comparison. You can recognize evil because we, we know it's opposite. We know good, mm-hmm. right? Um, so if... if you recognize evil exists, you're also affirming that good exists, right? You have to. You have to have both. You're recognizing, you're affirming that good exists. Well, if, if there is good, that's suggesting a moral value to something, right? You're applying now moral language. You're, you're, you're moving into a whole category of language now, of moral discussion to say good and evil, right? So um, now you've, you've established that morals exist. If evil exists, good exists, a.k.a. morals exist. There is a such thing as good and evil. There is a moral law mm-hmm. now, right? Because we can look at this and say this is good, this is evil. So there is something that distinguishes between the two of those. There is a law that separates this good, this bad, right? Well, if there is a moral law then that by uh, necessity 
means that there must be someone who has given that law. Who is it that outside of time, outside of space, has decreed, thus I say, this is good and this is evil, right? Well, That would be God. God would be the moral law giver. So in the nature, in the attempt to disprove God by asking the question, why is there evil if God exists, they in fact prove the existence of God. Because just using moral language means there has to be a moral law, and if there's a moral law, it follows that there need be a moral law giver. Right. Right? And that's who they're trying to disprove and not prove. So there's a problem with the entire questioning there. And I think this uh, this kind of goes into this uh, other well, kind of kind of another idea. So if you do take God out of it, right? If you if you do this, and they say, well, because I've heard this response to what you're saying, and it's one where they say, well, I think the general population can all agree. Thus, that means what's good and bad or, or moral or, or immoral, right? Well, you take that logic and go back to the caveman times where it was this my rock, that you rock, I want your rock, and you club him to death. And the, the collective thought it was okay. Or, or when, when you have just anybody in history that wanted a plot of land. This didn't just happen in America. Any, anywhere in history that wanted a plot of land went and cu- killed a bunch of people. And they all said, yes, we've conquered the people that we don't know, and now this is our land. And they all agreed that it was good. Um, when you're looking at this, this relative societally based relative morality um then how how can you and who are you uh to sit there and say what is or isn't good or bad anymore yeah yeah well and the question it comes down to every society though finds itself in a moral law there may be some difference within that moral law right depending on how sophisticated that society is so when it's just this my rock this you rock right (laughs) It's still assumed yeah. that that you rock, that yeah. not my rock, that you rock. <laughs> and if I take you rock, then I have committed a, a moral failing in that process. I have committed an evil at that point. So even the caveman has some kind of law, even though it's not very sophisticated, right? So when we look at these other cultures... Highly under-sophisticated. It, it may be un, under... It may not be as sophisticated, you know, and... and, and enumerated in that way but even as simple as that you rock (laughs) suggests a moral law yeah in that there there's some ownership there um there there's a movie that uh mary had seen it several times i hadn't watched it though and sat there and actually watched through it and and was really amused it's an older film not old like black and white but Mm -hmm. like you know probably late 60s early 70s um and uh uh i was it the the gods must be crazy Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I actually saw that growing up. Okay, or not. yeah. So I don't remember if even if there was a plot to that movie, I don't remember any of it. Essentially, you have way, way out in the the bush hills of uh, I think it's Australia. I think you're right, right? Because it's Aborigine people, yeah. right? So it's a tribal people, and they had a balance and an understanding of their moral law, but it was a balance with nature, right? Somehow nature supplies what they need, and they find a a fit moral law, and they don't really have the idea of ownership. The community itself kind of owns everything, and there's enough of everything for the community to own it. So nobody really claims ownership of anything. Now, even that wouldn't necessarily extend to they still get married 
And again, you know, same way that you rock, that you wife, that my <laughs> wife, you know, it, yeah. from from beginning of of relationships, that was already established as a moral, like even uh, uh, places that allowed men to have many wives and polygamy was a regular thing. It was still understood if he could get married to many people, he still couldn't necessarily get married to my wife. Yeah. Right. You, you could, there was still a limitation there. You couldn't marry somebody else's wife. You could marry as many wives as you wanted, but they needed to be single. They, they couldn't be claimed already, right? right? So there was still like a, a moral understanding of that too. But back to this particular film, you've got a balance there and a plane flies overhead and um, somehow out of the trash dispensary or whatever, uh, a bottle falls out, a Coke bottle mm-hmm. falls into this aboriginal um, uh, society and now they have this Coke. Well, they, they find as a tool, it can do all this stuff. You can make music when you blow across the top. They can use it to smash things. They usually had to use rocks or other harder like uh, uh, instruments to be able to smash open coconuts and things like that. Well, this thing worked even better, but there was only one. Now this idea of ownership becomes a problem because when so-and-so is using it to smash things and this other person wants to take it and use it as like, you know, to, to do the music thing, and they start fighting over it. And one person grabs it and w- then whacks the other person in the head with it. <laughs> and this become a tool for violence, you know? Yeah. And, and so, of course, the tribal head uh, decides they need to take this. Why did the God send us this thing? Because all of a sudden we have disharmony in our community and they From a because Coke of bottle. this gift. And it's a Coke bottle. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, I'm going to go take it to the edge of the earth and throw it back. Apparently the gods have made a a mistake by giving us this thing because it's created all this disharmony. Very, very rudimentary ideas of good and evil. Mm-hmm. But even there, they can see just by adding the the simple addition of a new tool created jealousy, created evil within their society. And it was rudimentary enough that they were like, we must do away with this new tool rather than kill each other over having claim to it, laying claim to it, right? So, yeah, this, this problem of evil, um, it, it's, it's, not, it's not new. It's been, you know, worked out by philosophers for a long time. But, but every time somebody raises it up as, okay, now we are, the, this is like the nail in the coffin for all Christian thought. Well, if God's good, why is there so much suffering? Mm-hmm. Several problems with that right one problem is the person who's usually raising that is not someone who's likely faced much suffering right because when somebody really faces suffering right like world crushing suffering they need the presence of god remind you again is to go back and look at job Right, Job, in his questioning of God, ultimately um, wasn't to arrive at the decision that God didn't exist. It was the question of, do you curse God? He does exist, but apparently he hates you and you should hate him back. Or, God, be, be with me in my suffering. Mm-hmm. Right. Ultimately, that question, all those questions of why were answered by God not in his answering the intellectual problem that Job is trying to work out, but his suffering was answered by God. His pain was healed when God showed up, 
when he arrived on the scene, right? People who are in real suffering, honest suffering, need God to show up, right? Need God to arrive on the scene. They're, they're not asking these questions of does God exist at that point. They're begging for him to show up, right? Yeah. That, that's the first, you know, kind of point in all of this. And then the, the second idea, if we do kind of take it from a, um, uh, we really start to unpack the implications of all of this, if you want God to do away with evil, where are you satisfied? Because he's not going to stop at just, you know, curing all children of cancer or ending all world wars. Ultimately, for him to stop all evil, he has to stop all thought. He has to ultimately take the strings himself, and he has to play with us like toys rather than have a relationship with us. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no possibility of a free will exercise of relationship. And God, more than anything else, is relational. And all the propositions we want to raise about God, that he is all-knowing, that he is all-powerful, that he is present everywhere at once. Well, if he's all-knowing and all-powerful, then he can put an end to evil. Yeah, he can. He could totally do that. But how would he go about doing that? Because God is also three. God is also Father, Son, and Spirit in this community relationship that extends back before time began. God was relational, always relational. And so in creating all of creation and in creating us as his image bearers, he makes us relational too. He has to give us the ability then to be relational. To, to ultimately wipe out all evil, he would have to take that away. He would have to make us toys. We couldn't be relational. We couldn't have free will and, and have that sense of. And we can picture in our mind what, what a relationship without sin might look like, where there's really free will, right? Genuine friendship or the genuine father and son relationship, right, in moments of perfect unity. We can picture that. You can see that. And, and what Christians believe is that ultimately God will restore us all to that state without taking away our free will, that we'll be able to actually relate to God in holiness using our full capacity, the full extent of our intellect, the full extent of our creativity, um, um, of, of our uh, sense of humor, of, of every aspect of our characteristic and personality can be can be pointed at and, and geared toward living the holy life. And that ultimately is the Christian goal, and to live that in relationship with God, right? Um, but for God to really do away with all evil and wickedness, he has to do away with all thought. He has to do away with any potential of relationship, which was the whole point of creation in the first place, mm-hmm. right? And then you've got the, um, the, the larger problem here. Again, it's a philosophical one. But if you really take the steps of devising these categories of good and evil to discuss this with somebody who doesn't believe in God's existence, you have to point out then they don't really have a place where they can discuss that which is good and that which is evil. Because by doing so, you're stepping into the realm of using moral language. And if you use moral language, you're, you're separating that which is good and evil. You're using a law that's what that means there to separate those two. And once you have a law, you have to have a source of that law. We have to have some agreement on what is good and what is evil. It can't, it can't be relative. It can't be your law. It can't be my law. 
It has to be something outside of both of us, something bigger than both of us that we both appeal to, right? C.S. Lewis talks about that also, that um, genuinely speaking, when you hear somebody um, uh, raise an argument, he talks about this in Mere Christianity and how people argue, and it's funny to listen to people argue and how they argue. And he uses examples like, give me that orange, I gave you a piece of mine. I want a piece of your orange, <laughs> right? And he uses that idea of uh, somebody on a bus who uh, happens to take the seat you were hoping to sit in, but they get there first, mm. right? Um, so there's the person who intended to take that from you, saw you headed that way, and just beat you to it on purpose. But more likely, it's the person who just by accident happened to take that seat before you, right? Mm. And you feel one way towards one of those options, the person who took it on purpose. You feel a different way towards the person who just took it by accident, right? It, it's it's not the same. You don't hold right. them, you know, necessarily to 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 that same standard. But when when people argue here, we 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 don't argue by um we tend to be appealing to some other moral law outside of ourselves. So when I say, you ought to give me a slice of your orange because I gave you a slice of mine, you do not respond with, to hell with your moral law. Who cares if you gave me a piece of your orange? What <laughs> difference is it if I eat all of mine, right? No, that's not how arguing works. Instead, you agree with me that because I gave you something, you ought to give it back but there's some excuse in this. There's some reason that gets you off. There's some reason why you shouldn't have to give me your piece of orange. Right. That's how people argue. They don't say to hell with your standard. They agree with the standard, but they say, okay, but this is the exception and here's why. And that's what leads into the argument, right? We appeal to this higher moral law and we tend to agree on that higher moral law even though they'll say, well, morality is different and morality is subjective. No, nah, it kind of, then again, when you look at pain and suffering, we all can look at that and agree evil, that bad, right? Right. And, and to not have that pain and suffering would be good. We, we can look at that because we actually find ourselves landing on the same page when it comes to a moral law. And, and that's a cue, that's, that's a clue there that um, because we land on that same page, that that's a page that we're both looking at. Neither one of us own, neither one of us wrote that page. Somebody else wrote that page, and we're both looking at it and agreeing, yeah, that's outside of us. There is a moral lawgiver that we all agree to, right? And then when we argue, we try and come up with, well, we're the exception mm -hmm. in that case, to whatever it is, we don't say, well, to hell with that and tear up the moral right. law. We say, no, the moral law is valid. It's just in this particular uh, situation, here's why that doesn't apply, right? right? Or I'm going to appeal to an even higher moral law in this, you know, and that's how people get into arguments that way. And that's what C.S. Lewis was commenting on. We, by nature, when we start to use moral language, there's no getting around it. You are agreeing to a moral law, and when you're agreeing to a moral law, you're agreeing to a moral lawgiver. It's not just your law. It's something outside yourself that we should both agree to. So it's something beyond both of us. Yeah. And that would be something outside of all people, something bigger than all creation. That would, in fact, be God 
who would make this moral law that we are all agreeing to, and we either conform to it or we don't conform to it. But the atheist, when they first pose the question, if God is good, then why is there evil, now has proven by the question, (laughs) the nature of the question has proven that God actually exists because you're affirming there's good and there's evil. You're affirming there's a moral value there, which means you're affirming a moral law, which comes with it by necessity. There has to be a moral law giver, but that's who they're trying to disprove and not prove. So the question falls apart. Yeah. Ultimately. Well, and, and so you can kind of see in, in a different example. So let's say, let's say you were able to pluck a group of people from society um, and, and just have them, have them be raised like in, in just like a little, little village tribe, very, very rudimentary, nothing, no technological advances, anything like that. Um, do you think in general, and this would be a question for any of these atheists that are, you know, or any skeptics in general, do you think that they uh, having no knowledge of, of the Bible or any other type of civilization, if we could just isolate them and, and have their own knowledge be self-obtained, like cavemen, pretty much, um, do you think they would apply value to human life the same way we do and, and make these laws themselves? Would they, would they end up killing one of their own young for, for sustenance when they didn't eat or, or whatever. And, and you can see a, a difference. I, I think the answer is obviously they wouldn't do that. Obviously they would apply value where, where it was needed because they have that moral law um, that God puts in all of us. But you can see that's what separates us from animals. Yeah. When you see like a clownfish, like apparently I learned a fact uh, Disney's got a lot of explaining to do. I'll get into that later. But basically <laughs> uh, the movie from finding Nemo. Yeah. Nemo's the, the clownfish, a female sometimes will go like, like cannibalistic and genocidal, like just kill all of the fish. And it's like a little, uh, I guess school is what you would call it. Really? Yeah. So why do animals do that? Well, it's because they're animals. They don't have a soul. They don't have the image of God in them. Right. And they don't have this sense of morality. So it's not abnormal. It's the same way. There's uh, nothing immoral when an animal kills another animal or when it, it's immoral when a human life dies. So an animal that kills a person, yes, evil happened, pain and suffering happened, but do we hold the animal accountable for that? Well, if it's Harambe, you know, (laughs) which I don't think he killed, he didn't kill the kid, but still. But you you can see a difference too with like uh, gorillas and and their newborns. I mean, yes, they care for them. You see them, that it's like in their instinct, their, their, their nurture. But I mean, if you watch the way they drag some of them around and drop them, it's not like a, like you would see a mother accidentally almost dropped her kid and she would start crying because she feels like such a terrible mother when it was just an accident. And we all know that. Yeah. Um, but that, that it kills her because there's so much value in that child. There's so much value in that life. And she knows that for it to, uh, experience any type of pain and suffering unwarranted, um, is just an atrocity and just brings her to tears. Whereas a gorilla, wouldn't mind, uh, you know, just dragging their little little baby uh, from through through the grass, or or like uh, puppies when they're born. Some mothers will leave certain ones to die because they're not eating, feeding right. They're not right. moving around. They won't try to save it. They'll just leave it for death. Yeah. So you can see a distinct difference in that. Um, that if if that were the case, we would see uh, like if there was no moral law giver, we would see several cultures of human beings behaving the same way that animals. Oh do. yeah, yeah. Nature is red in tooth and claw. It 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 lives by survival only, and the fit are what survive. Right. That which is strong kills the weak, 
And if humanity lived that way, right? Ultimately, if we if if we push God off His throne as moral lawgiver, that will be the law uh, that leads us. Ultimately, it'll be only the strong survive, and um, the 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 it won't be a moral question anymore. It won't be about ought you to do or say or behave that way. It will be a question of, as Chris Rock put it can you whoop me, <laughs> right? It'll be yeah. whoever is the baddest dude on the playground runs the playground, and there's no changing it, no stopping it, and, and that will that will be, it won't be an issue of moral or good. That'll just be how it is. Well, and right? then, but you also see, I mean, whenever whenever instances like this have happened with uh, genocidal conquests or what, whatever you want to call them when people are taking land from each other or taking over a certain country, um, you know, you, you'll see them rise up. Uh, they've rejected the idea of God. They're only self-interested, whatever. There is always a larger group of good, the common... The, like the, the world, the common world comes together as good and says, no, this is wrong and you have to be stopped. Yeah. You know, so fair enough. We're, uh, we, you know, I should have, uh, should have said this is answering question from atheists, yeah. but uh, I didn't know if that would happen. <laughs> and, and I, I knew it was a lot to unpack, but I didn't know if we would have as much to say about it as we did. So Hey, it's a good episode. I think this one yeah. went, worked out pretty well. Um, yeah, if you're paying attention or if you guys uh, are, are watching, um, we'll do we'll do another. I mean, this is going to be number two of this. It's not like a direct series. We did this one like the first one was episode yeah, 17. Yeah, it was a while back. This one's like, <laughs> I think, 39. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, be on the lookout. We'll do another one at some point. It's it, not going to be They're direct, handy but. to have when we're like, kind of fishing for ideas well and what to talk where, about. where we can't talk about stock market and cryptocurrency <clears throat> for an hour and a half yeah That's, we definitely didn't have an hour and a half to, <laughs> to talk about that. about 15 minutes yeah but, it's uh, interesting it's yeah. it's funny <laughs> yeah. that that uh uh that gamestop and amc were valued higher than tesla <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah you ain't got an hour to talk about that stuff unless you're Are, a trader I mean, well, yeah, yeah i, I suppose say, if you're a trader you know not us though but that ain't me so if you like the podcast, uh, we are on Facebook. Go ahead and give us a like, share us to all of your friends and family. Um, we're also available on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and a whole slew of other ones I just don't feel like mentioning right now. Um, yeah, go, go ahead and give us a like. We have episodes every single Friday. And as usual, I'm Thomas. And I'm Sam. Go buy Dogecoin. <laughs> go buy Dogecoin. Uh, have a good one. We'll see you all next week.